This morning, as we conclude our series, we're going to take a look at the 11th chapter of Luke, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And it says there that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. There was a mother who was tucking her daughter into a bed at night, a preschooler. And the daughter asked if she could pray. And the mother was just delighted about that. And she said about how important it is to talk to Jesus often. And so the girl began praying. And her words kept getting softer and softer until you can only just see her lips moving. Then she said, Amen. And the mother, well, she gave her a hug. And she says, Honey, I didn't hear a word that you said. And she says, That's okay, Mama. I wasn't talking to you anyway. It's always a joy to hear children praying. And the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that we teach them at a young age. And I want you to look at this, though says, children are now half as likely to know the text of the Lord's Prayer than they were 40 years ago. And that was the heading of an article of a British newspaper called The Telegraph back in March of 2012. And it reported the findings of the survey of a 1,000 children between ages 6 and 12, and also a 1,000 adults who were that age time frame 40 years earlier. And it found that 92% of the adults said they knew the Lord's Prayer as a child. But only 55% of the children in 2012 said that they knew it. And while the survey about the Lord's Prayer was conducted in Britain, where the Church of England or the Anglican Church is the state primary state church there, a similar poll in this country would probably end up having similar results. And we know that our society is becoming more and more secular or worldly as well. But perhaps it makes it all the more important that we teach children the Lord's Prayer. And while many of us grew up attending church and we find it easy to come up with the words and sentences and you know speak them up to God, well, we know that not all church members find this so easy. And some people with little or no religious type of training, you know, they may find that it's really rather intimidating. 
And even though we know that we should pray with confidence to God, we know that he hears and answers our prayers, and that, like as St. Paul says, we should pray constantly. You know, many, if not most of us, would admit that we don't pray as often as we should. Because the reason that we don't pray you know, may be that we don't have a proper understanding of prayer. So I ask you, why pray? Well, I'm not asking you to doubt the purpose of prayer. Instead, I want to challenge you to look at your motivation for praying. You know, most everybody prays when they're desperate, right? You know, the idea in life is that we all get to some point that we find out that we can't accomplish anything without divine intervention. And so you go to God in prayer. We pray to show that we need God. And if you look at the Bible, it shows us about prayer. And it reveals, really, that the heart of prayer is about recognizing every moment of the day our dependence upon God. Take a look at the life of Jesus. This Gospel of Luke that we are reading from has more about prayer of Jesus than any of the other Gospels. In the, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, you know, he's there and he's being baptized with the other people. And it says he was praying. And as he was praying, heavens opened. In Luke 4, we see that Jesus' whole ministry is really a battle. It begins with a battle. And he's fasting and he's praying in the wilderness for those 40 days. And, you know, he's literally face to face with the devil who's trying to divert him from that task. In Luke 5, everybody is coming to see Jesus. But listen what Luke says about Jesus' source of strength. It says that Jesus often withdrew the lonely places and prayed. In Luke 6, he is about to call the 12, apostles, the 12 disciples. And what does he do before he chooses them? It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. And he spent the night praying to God. In Luke 9, we've got Peter's confession about Jesus being the Messiah, the Son of God. And before that, I want you to hear what Jesus is doing. It says, once when Jesus was praying in private, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, you know, who do the crowds say I am? And eventually, Peter declares who Jesus is himself. And later in that same chapter, at the transfiguration, Jesus is taking James, Peter, and John up the mountain. And what's he doing with them? They're going up to pray. In Luke 18, we find Jesus teaching his disciples about the persistence in prayer. And he says about it that they should always pray and not give up. And finally, we know of Jesus when he went to that Garden of Gethsemane right before he's arrested and eventually going to be crucified that next day. Jesus is there praying. Well, here's the question. Why was Jesus always praying? Or maybe a deeper question when you look at Jesus' life and his ministry in the Gospels is this. You know, what did he do on his own apart from prayer? Well, the answer is absolutely nothing. He always depended upon God, his Father, for everything. In the fifth chapter of John, Jesus says the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what 
he sees his father doing. And then he says later, by myself, I can do nothing. So if Jesus, who is God in the flesh, says that he can do nothing by himself, who are you or I to think that we could do anything on our own? Well, there's absolutely nothing that we can do upon the total dependence upon God. You know, this is why the disciples came to Jesus and asked him to teach them to pray. It's not that they were, had never been taught to pray. They had learned how to pray in the synagogue, and they knew that they are to pray on the Sabbath each week. The, they knew that they should pray in various circumstances and that they should also follow religious rituals. But they saw in Jesus something very different. They saw that his life was something more than a religious ritual. They saw something that was really nourishing him in his life. It was a necessity for him, and his life was dependent on it. The disciples, they saw the difference. And say, you know, they were basically saying, Lord, teach us to pray the way that you are praying. Well, the early church, they also prayed in total dependence upon God. And it wasn't just Jesus who emphasized prayer. The early church followed his example, as you see there, constantly in prayer. And when the apostles, they were persecuted by the Sanhedrin, you know, they didn't get together and complain about how hard it was to be a Christian. No, they prayed. They said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And their prayer goes on from there. In our sermon text, the disciples, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, this is the only thing that is recorded about the disciples to have asked Jesus to teach them. They didn't say, teach us to lead, Lord, or teach us to heal, teach us to counsel people, or we know there's not even a record of, Lord, teach us to preach. Why? Because the disciples could see Jesus' own leading and healing and counseling and preaching that that emerged out of his relationship with his father. And they could see that the key to this relationship, it was prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, it doesn't mean, Lord, teach us some new techniques about prayer, how to do it. It means, Lord, teach us what you know about the Father that makes you want to pray. That's the key. So Jesus does two things. First, he gives them the Lord's Prayer, what we call that. And then he teaches them a parable. And clearly that parable is intended to encourage the disciples to want to pray. And it should for us as well. The parable is intended to help us want to pray. You know, when you read that parable, don't you just want to pray? Well, it's supposed to have that impact on us. You know, we can access the creator of the universe as we call to him. And how much does it cost? Nothing at all, right? How often do we confidently take advantage of that? To know that God's willing to hear our prayers whenever we call on him. You know, prayer is not like a slot machine, you know, where, you know, I ask and God gives and that's the end of the story. 
Prayer is about relationship. You know, Jesus says, which of you fathers, if your son asks you for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? It's also a mystery. You know, we don't always see or have the big picture. And what may look like to bread for us, as Jesus is also talking about that, may actually be a stone. And so we bow to God's great wisdom. However, in this story, Jesus encourages us to pray with specific things in mind and with confidence. And in the parable, you know, the man is quite specific. He doesn't say, I'm hungry, can you help me? Or, you know, give me some bread. He says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. In Matthew chapter 20, there's two blind men that they say to Jesus, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped and called them. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them. And he touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Now to the onlooker, it might have been obvious what they wanted. But Jesus told them to be specific. In 1540, Martin Luther He was one who had a good friend and assistant. His name was Friedrich Myconius. And Myconius became sick, and he was going to die within a short time. And from his bed, he wrote a tender farewell letter to Martin Luther. Well, when Luther received the message, he immediately sent back a reply. He says, I command you, Friedrich, in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. And for this, I am praying, this is my will, and may my will be done because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Now, those words may seem harsh and insensitive to modern ears, but God apparently honored the prayer. And although Myconius had already had lost his ability to speak when Martin Luther's letter came back to him, that message, you know, he soon recovered. And Myconius, he lived six years longer. In fact, he even lived two months longer than Martin Luther. Luther didn't beat about the bush here. He was quite specific, as you see, in asking God for an answer. Our Lord's Prayer, it may sound like a general type of prayer, but each petition is specific to the needs for which we ask our Father in heaven. You know, we usually ask of someone uh, the, the best of what a person is. You would ask perhaps a banker, you know, teach us to invest. Or a professional golfer, teach us to putt. Maybe it's a scholar, and you say, teach us to do some research. Well, when Jesus' disciples came to him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And his response is what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, in a way, this prayer is perhaps misnamed. You know, it's a prayer that Jesus himself could not have prayed because we know one of the major petitions is, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our, those who trespass against us. And Jesus, being Son of God without sin, 
he could not with integrity have made that request. Maybe that prayer should have been called the disciples' prayer. It was a model prayer for the disciples and for us. It serves us in prayer in the same way that an outline serves a preacher when he's preaching. It tells us when we are to pray, what we're to pray for, and it gives us the order of the request. Whether it's the Lord's Prayer or any other prayer that we lift up to our Lord, we know that we can do it with confidence. And that he hears and answers us, even as we sang, in his own way and in his own time. And as we read and we study and we grow in God's Word, it's the Holy Spirit who enables us, gives us that power to grow in our prayer life as well. And as we learn from the pattern that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer, we find more and more of his grace upon us at work in our lives as well. So take that Lord's Prayer. Take all your prayers and use them because God has given them to us so that we can call upon him to know that we are his And may those prayers, too, enable us to spread that news to others, that they would know that they have someone that they can call upon in every need. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is our peace, our hope, and our joy. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.